clicks, and politics with your hosts, Ben Husso and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 150. Wow. Nice round number. 150. 150. Of Sports Clicks and Politics. I am Sean Hannon, joined by my handsome and uh, charming, wonderful co-host, uh, Mr. Ben Husong. Mr. Ben Husong, how was your weekend? Great. It was a great we weekend. We shared some some greatness over the weekend, but we'll get to that. We'll get into all It'll that. It'll all end next weekend, but that was for a, one of us. Uh, yeah, when, when I was reading all the stuff on... On my phone one night, my wife's like, what are you doing? And it's like, I've seen stuff came out. She's like, never mind, which was awesome. But no, my weekend was good. Uh, we did baseball and softball practice, which is always fun for the twins. Uh, no soccer game for the younger one, though, so that was unfortunate. But I did snow go out, snowblowed the driveway. Love having a snowblower. I never I had sh- one growing up. I shoveled. Up. I, I, I still shovel. One. You know what? That's how I measure my winters. Fair. How many times you have to shovel? Yeah, because I don't do literally anything else. I don't, I'm not a like ice fisherman. I'm going to go ice fishing this year. I'm going to try it. Why don't you just build a pond in your four-season room? No, that's crazy talk. I can't have water in the fire. That'd be insane. What's wrong? How, how big do you think my four-season fire is? I, I can't put a pond in there. No, I have this, you, you have no idea what I imagine in my head what it looks like. <laughs> you have to come over and look at it because it's not, it's not as crazy as you seem no, okay. to think it is. Um, but it was good. I went out and then hung with the neighbors for the day yesterday, which is always fun. Kind of an impromptu get together. Were they Bills fans? Uh, no, Cowboy fans. Oh. But it didn't matter yesterday. Yeah, we no, were all yeah. we were all cheering for the same things, so it worked out well. And then the of Jaguars. Course, that was a great loss. <laughs> love love to have the Titans beat the Jaguars. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good day. And then the Bills, in the most up and down game imaginable, managed to. Seal off second seat again. So the calls for Sean McDermott to be fired. We'll Four-time AFC East uh, division champion. Watch out now. Football's wild because they were literally almost mathematically eliminated and instead of the number two seed. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we talked about all this like five weeks ago. We're like, how are the hell the Steelers still in the playoff race? They're in the playoffs. I know. How about that? Mason what the Rudolph. Hell? Money Mason, baby. Yeah. My, kid, my kid texted me... Uh, Something about whatever, and I had to ask him if he was old enough to remember Jim Moore and the playoffs thing, right? So, like, I was yeah. making a joke about Steelers not making the playoffs, and then when they announced that uh, Mason Rudolph was going to be the starter for the rest of the season, I was like, playoffs! <laughs> like, they're going to make it now. I know it. And then they did. Like, it's crazy. I will say, and I said this uh, uh, to my kid as well, I was like, they play, they seem to play up for Rudolph. And maybe it's not that they play up for Rudolph, but they always seem to play flat for Pickett. It's almost like they didn't have, they didn't believe. Fair. Uh, and listen, I'm, I'm, I watch two or three games a year. Like I'm sure. not, I'm not the guy who's really trying to break this down. Sure. But when my layman eyes, when I look at it, I'm like, they just seemed flat. Like the receivers were fighting with each other. Like there was a bunch of stuff going on and it was yeah. seemingly like Pickett couldn't get the people, the ball where they needed to get in the ball. So fair. not that Mason Rudolph is, you know, John, Josh Allen or whatever, but no. like. Steelers have weapons. Like, I mean, oh, if, yeah. if Pickens gets open, he's he's going to the house. I mean, yeah, he's good. And and DeAndre Johnson, you know, he can get open with the best of them. Their running backs are, you know, they have. Let's go with above average. A competent running, good. running game, yes. right? I mean, two of them and their, you know, defense. I mean, obviously, listen, they, you know, they lost Watt. Uh, at least yeah, I was going to say, what's least, the story on Watt? Uh, best case scenario, sprained. It's grade two MCL sprain, I think it was. He's going to miss this week for sure. Oh, is but, he? But, uh, yeah. The team. So. I mean, I mean unless he's, he is kind of a superhuman, right? Yeah, and he has shown up before, like with a torn pec and just 
showed up and ripped it. But um, I don't know. Do you, do you want to just go right into the NFL stuff here? Or yeah, do you have not? anything else on the weekend that uh, that was of note that you wanted to make sure the uh, the, the, the fans back there are, are tuned into? No, I just, the same thing. Like, I love the impromptu get-togethers where I was out doing it, and then the kids went over and started sledding, and then we ended up going over there, and it was like, you know what? That's why I love living where I live, because I got great neighbors. It's a great thing. So if you don't have great neighbors, move somewhere with great neighbors or go meet them, one or the other. But it was great. It was, it was an outstanding way to spend Sunday. And then I took a nap before the Bills game and then woke up in the first quarter and I was ready to go. And then promptly went to bed afterwards because I was exhausted. It was a long weekend. Yeah. But all right. Well, I thought I had an NFL uh, page up here, but I don't. So, But I, I have all the information right in front of me here. Guess who the longest shot to win the Super Bowl is? I'm going to guess the Steelers. The Steelers is correct. Yeah. <laughs> Plus 10,000. Can you now? There is a substantial drop off in the AFC from the Steelers, who are plus 10,000, to the Texans and the Browns, which are Texans plus 3,000, Browns plus 2,500. Then it's the Dolphins plus 1,300, Chiefs plus 1,000, Bills plus 800, Ravens plus 325. And on the others, in the NFC, Niners are the most likely there, plus 225. So you got the Ravens and the Niners, the two teams at the bye. They mm-hmm. clearly get an odds break since they don't have to play this week, and they're sure. going to they're advance. That helps. Um, favorites, I don't disagree with, obviously, those numbers. I do find it interesting that the Bills and the Cowboys are the next two teams. Again, they're the two seeds, but as you point out, the Bills four weeks ago were like, what the hell's going on here? And, you know, they've had a coaching change midseason. Like, there, was, there wasn't a – yeah, it didn't seem like a clear path to the Super Bowl for the Bills, but here we are. It's – Laid out almost best case scenario for the Bills from this point, which they normally don't do good with once it is the easiest way. But it was went from, all right, maybe we can sneak in to now you have home field advantage against everybody except the Ravens. That's a, I mean, that's what you're hoping for because I don't, I don't think home field advantage makes the biggest difference in the world for most teams. Well, so, for example, this weekend, they were making a big deal about this during the game last night about, you know, if the Bills win – they were going to be the two seed. If they lose, they were going to be the six seed. If they tied, they, or they were going to be the seven seed. If they right. tied, they were going to be the six seed. And the weather, like in Kansas City, is supposed to be like one degree. So there are some there, teams. There are, right. There are, in Buffalo is one of those teams, though, I would add that, you know, maybe not this weekend. Right. We're supposed to be, you know, cold, Beautiful. but not like crazy. Not like Buffalo, right. like historic Buffalo kind of stuff. An advantage can be had by, by home field. And listen, I mean, I. There's a reason why Vegas gives teams, you know, almost three points right. to a home field. There's there's clearly an advantage of it. Whether or not it's actually on the field or off the field, like in the setting, like they're home and they're comfortable and whatever, yeah. I don't know. But there's clearly an advantage for playing at home. I think that, like, what I will say for the Bills in particular is the Bills are a team that travel well. They can go on the road, and there's, there's not a significant drop-off in their play when they go on the road. And their fans travel unlike any organization I have ever actually seen. Like, that stadium was half Bills fans yesterday. The Steelers. In, in Miami. The Steelers. You, you may watch out. Used to travel. You just jinxed yourself for, for, fine. for Sunday. Because the Steelers will travel four hours. I mean, I, but the Bills traveled like a plane ride down to Miami and that half the stadium. Like The Bills, I mean, the Steelers fans were in Jacksonville. That's great. Rooting yes. in, in Steelers yes. gear. Let's see. That's good. I like right. that. And I, th- this is my point. The Bills, 
their their team travel. Or in Tennessee, wherever they were. They Whereas were. the Dolphins, the Cowboys, they don't tend to travel as well. Like there's a stark difference between playing the Dol- the Dolphins or the Cowboys at home versus on the road. Sure. And it you, it's indicative of their record. It's indicated in their uh, statistics from home versus away games. So I think more important than Bill's securing home field advantage throughout is getting the Dolphins away from having that. And, and even from the Chiefs, if they have to play, where now Patrick Mahomes, I think the status has never played an away playoff game. There's never won an away playoff game, something like that. Like he's always been at home. So let's see. Now it's it definitely helps and it gives you an advantage that I think is important. All right. You want to go game by game and give me your winners? You want me to predict? Yeah, let's just be fun. We have no we have no expertise, so None. it's not like anybody's wagering money. If you're wagering money on our predictions, you're an idiot, just for the record. For sure. Browns, first game of the weekend. Five seed, Cleveland Browns. Your Joe Flacco-led Cleveland Browns at Houston Texans. Saturday, 4.30 p.m. on NBC. Browns. I think C.J. Stroud is going to pull it off. That's fine. I don't think it's I mean, going to be a blowout. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm i with you. And I do wonder, like, the, and all these teams are banged up, obviously, and the Browns, you know, they're kind of like, you know, they've already overcome their injuries, and now they're kind of like, readjusted and moving now right. whereas the Texans I still I think are still kind of overcoming some stuff but anyway so but I think we're split on there then we got I think the Browns have one of the best rosters top to bottom in the NFL and if Joe Flacco can just play not even as good as he has been playing but close that's a hard team to beat I think they're just yeah. a better team top to bottom yeah I don't I, I mean their defense is way better than the Texans defense so I mean not that I think the Texans defense is terrible but like the Browns actually I think are having elite defense um the night game on Saturday only available streaming on Peacock. Or are you going to subscribe to Peacock to watch I the? Did to wa- dude? I had to for the Bills game on like the day before Christmas Eve. I had a family party over. I couldn't not have the game on, so uh, I paid the six bucks to get Peacock. Sucker. I'll cancel it in January. <laughs> Miami Dolphins at Kansas City Chiefs Saturday eight fifteen p.m. Streaming only on Peacock. Um, great game. Seems like should be should be, but it's going to be freezing. It's going to be so cold. Like the Chiefs are the obvious pick here. They're home. They're a better cold-weather team than the Dolphins. The and the Dolphins. Chiefs, actually, I would say, compared to previous Chiefs years, their defense is more Get relevant to winning games than yes. it has been in the past. So maybe that helps in the playoffs, where defense, I think, does, you know, teams are tend to be a tad more conservative. They tend to, they you know, whatever. It's, I think defenses play a bigger role in, in the playoffs. So maybe that, that helps the Chiefs. But I'm going to take the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins could run on them too, though. That's that's one that's thing I wonder. Thing. If I, they can just—I mean—they have enough running backs where they could just. You saw the? Did you watch the game? Uh, yeah. The Bills Dolphins game. I did. The first half, they ran the ball down the Bills' throat. I know. I had a chain and Wilson on my DraftKings team. I cashed. Don't get me wrong. Good, but at second half, they just stopped. I know. That was the weirdest. Uh, like as a Bills, I fan, can tell I'm you so why. Happy. I can tell you why. Hit me. My, I mean, this is again my layman's eyes. They were trying to get Tyreek Hill stats. They were uh, they were forcing him the ball. Every like every time right. they were trying to, and to your point, they were passing. They were not running the ball where they were having massive success. Yes, so. they were running the ball at will. So I blame the coach. The Bills, which which normally the Bills are better against the run than that. But I think their game plan was we'll let you run. We're not letting Tyreek Hill beat us over the top. Like yeah. that was the entire game plan. And there was a bunch of injuries in that game, back and I forth. Know. I mean, it got decimated both teams. But it seemed like to happen that all weekend. I mean, TJ Watt. Yeah. Um, there was somebody else I can't think of right now. But like a lot of people got hurt over the weekend, which you know. It's football. But every time the Bills and Dolphins play, I feel like people just end up getting hurt and I don't know why. And I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with you and say the Dolphins upset the Chiefs at 
in Arrowhead. Arrowhead. Yeah. All right. So, all right, Sunday games. Bill Steelers. Bill Steelers started one off one o'clock. CBS. All right. I. I mean, I, I'm gonna pick the Bills. It's the Bills. Right. Like, I mean, if listen. you try to the take Steelers my emotion beat- out of it. The only reason I would predict the Steelers is to try to jinx them. Like, that's the only <laughs> reason I would I would call for that. Oh, you have massive effect on them. On Obviously. That. Obviously, my my intuition and my words out loud will determine the outcome of the Bills-Steelers playoff game next Sunday. All right. So, then, after that game, and remember, the Ravens have the bye, so. Yes. They they get to stay home. Uh, Saturday, or, yeah, Saturday we got two games, and we got a Monday game. Yeah, we're still on Sunday. We did Saturday already. What's yeah, Saturday? this is Sunday. We got right. back-to-back Sunday games, and then we got a Monday game. So the two Sunday games, 4.30 p.m., Green Bay Packers at Dallas Cowboys. At the Cowboys? At the Cowboys. Cowboys. 4.30 on Fox. Now, the Packers, they're a team who I think in the next two, three years are going to be like in the playoffs like regularly. Okay. As long as Jordan Love stays healthy, I, you know, we'll see. But I think their weapons are great. Uh Aaron Jones looked really good yesterday, so um, about time. I like the Packers because I think Aaron Jones is going to run up. If the game, remember James a, Cook when yeah, they, I'll, yeah, that's that's what yes, I envision. I get that. Um, I think that I, I get where you're coming from. I think the Cowboys at home are a. If the game was at Lambeau, I would take the Packers, but the game is in Jerry World, so I'm going to take the Cowboys. I just think they are a better team, top to bottom. They have a better quarterback. They have better weapons. Yeah, do they? Yes. I mean, would you have said that up at, until week one this year? Would you have said Dak Prescott was a better quarterback? I mean, other than, than Jordan, Jordan Love's Love? a rookie, that he's a yes. rookie. But, I mean, but was Dak Prescott like some quarterback you were clamoring, like some no. playoff heavy? No. Dak Prescott is a— He had his best year ever. He's a good quarterback. Probably very good. He is definitely one of the top 32, probably one of the top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL. But, no, he's not an elite quarterback. He strikes Neither me— Neither is Jordan Love. He strikes me as this year's uh, version of Joe Flacco, where he put together his best season— Everybody was discussing whether or not he was going to be part of the team in the future. If that's their, if he's their guy, right. and he goes out, and then maybe they win the Super Bowl, and he gets paid, and then he sucks the rest of his career. All right, I mean, I could. You're I welcome, could see Cowboys it. fan. Sorry. Los Angeles Rams at Detroit Lions, aka the Jared Goff Bowl. Is that his name, Jared? Yeah, you know, Goff Ball, Jared, or Matt Stafford Bowl, whichever way you want to go at it. Either way, yeah, that was. I think both teams are happy with that trade, though. I don't think anyone. Oh yeah, no, it's great trade. It. What, one of the best NFL trades that you could. I think that was like, oh, this literally makes sense. It was and the, worked out when the Bills traded away the draft pick for Stephon Diggs, and the draft pick became Justin Jefferson, and both teams were like, you yeah, know, we're good. We, I'm happy with my guy. You're everybody wins. We're all we're all good mm-hmm. here. That was that was on that level of trade of, yeah, you guys both got a quarterback yeah. that fits your system it, really. It well. seems almost never to happen with quarterbacks. No, but anyway. No, it doesn't. Uh, so for this game. Rams at Lions. God, I don't have the spreads here, so I'm I sorry. I don't have any idea where to go with this game. I guess I'm going to go with the Lions because they're at home. Yeah, I do think the Lions are, I think bo- I, these might be the two best coaches, or say best coaches, two coaches that I just really like. I, I think feel like they're really good. Like, they yes. always seem to have control of whatever's going on. Like, they're not dickheads. They don't see, I mean, they could be dickheads, you know. In person, in private, they don't, yeah, they don't seem oh, whatever. You know, no, I agree. I think that this game for me is sort of a toss-up because I think as good as the Lions are, every now and then they just come out and I watch them play. I'm like, you guys played football before, right? Like every now and then they just come out and it's like this seems good. How? And I'm sure people feel they that have way about the real, Bills. I mean, who don't watch. listen. I don't think Goff is like a, some. He's a great game managing kind of quarterback. Yeah. Whatever. Like I, you know, again, layman guy here 
whatever you want to say. But like, I'm on Ron Brown. I mean, he's fucking great. Yeah. Um, Gibbs is fast as hell. La- yeah. Laporta, I don't know if you saw that. He's out for the year, probably. Oh, I didn't see that. That's yeah, sad. he hyperextended his knee. Uh, I had him on my fantasy team too, sorry. so that yeah worked out. That hurts. didn't work out. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I'm gonna take the Lions, but I don't feel good about that bet. Yeah, I'm taking the Rams. Smart. We got it covered. One way or another, one of us. Yeah, we're be good. Right. And then Monday, Eagles at Bucks. I mean. <laughs> I'm just taking the Bucks because the Eagles are terrible. The Eagles have not played good. Their defense has been decimated. Like, I mean, in, like in real life, like that. I'm mean, talking about like. But I don't you're know talking about just... a Bucks team that just put up nine against Carolina. Like, yeah. it's not some high potent offense oh, that's, that's tearing up the league. I, and as much as I love Baker Mayfield, seems like the nicest dude, and I would love to hang out. with Yeah, him. like I think he's, he's terrible. He's so, he's so average. It's he, like he. I can see why he's exciting if you if he's on your team and you're like what I can also see why he can be super frustrating and be like oh my god this guy again like right. I mean you know I play the Miami Dolphins I play every defense if I can against Josh Allen cuz he's a turnover machine sure. but like he always makes up for the turnovers or whatever I feel like some of these guys are you know and not that I don't know if Baker's a two turnover machine but I feel like he tries to force the ball and he tries to be the superman and I, you know Listen I think Baker, it's fun to watch when Baker Mayfield remembers that he's Baker Mayfield he's very good But he has Mike Evans I mean like That's a, it. literally Evans can if he's a freak If so. the Buccaneers are going to beat the Eagles I think Mike Evans is going to need about 15 targets I think that's the answer for beating Their secondary is beating Listen I think uh they can run the ball yep. on Eagles I think they can pass the ball on the Eagles I think Tampa Bay wins by three touchdowns. Come on. Literally three touchdowns. Come on. That, that, this is my hot take. Wow. Eagles You're calling for a drub on fire. They're a dumpster fire. I don't disagree, but I think. Did the, you see the Giants? I watched the Giants-Eagles game yesterday. Oh, no. I, I watched parts of it because it was hilariously funny that they were just getting. So they literally bad. had all their players. <laughs> it was like, I, like, we were watching the Cowboys. Or no, what game were we watching? I don't remember. But. We tuned. Oh, we we're watching the Tennessee game, obviously, because yeah. we wanted to see that. And then we flipped over to the Giants Eagles game because it was like twenty four nothing. And I, in my mind, I'm watching the the score scroll across the bottom and going, the Eagles can't be sitting anybody. No, they weren't. Right. And, and at like, one point, the Cowboys were losing, and the Eagles just couldn't get out of their own way. Yeah. They, they Washington had scored. It was like seven seven or like, and you know the Eagles. You could see that the. Everybody would knew that that was the one important game where they were watching back and forth and whatever, but like they literally just did not show up. All right, well, I'm going to stay with the Eagles this game. I think the Eagles do pull it off just by being the nature of being a better wow. team. And obviously, we all right. Well, so look, we only the only ones that we agree on that we're that we're taking the same side is Miami over Kansas City and and the Buffalo. I mean, are you are you you're going to abandon your Steelers? Steelers like I that? didn't even think they should be in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I think that's it then. It's just the Bills game and the Dolphins game. Yeah. That's everything else that we're on opposite sides for. All right. Well, I, I like it. Yeah. And if I had to bet a Steelers, or if I had to bet one of these lines, man, I think I would bet the Lions, 1,800, even though I know I picked them to lose. But, like, I like that 1,800. I definitely wouldn't pick the Eagles 1,200. Holy moly. Are the Who's favorite in the Eagles game? You said 1,200? Well, so the Eagles are plus 1,200 to win the, the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, and the Buccaneers are plus 7,500, so I'm assuming the Eagles are the favorite. But I would think so. Um, I, don't I ha- would I don't definitely the bet the Buccaneers plus the points. Like, if, if, you're, if I can get the points, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet them straight up, but I would definitely take that bet with the line. Yeah, I might bet that. I'm going to have to look at that. All right. It's going to be interesting. Here's the thing. Even if Tampa Bay ends up winning by three touchdowns, I'm not going to be shocked. Like You might be right. Do you think the Niners and or the Ravens, I guess, are 
clear and away the best team, and like they, sh- you know, in their you respective ha- you, conferences, I think the Niners think, are clearly the best team in the NFC. I don't think that's true for the. I think the the Ravens are the best team in the AFC, but the it's much tighter because ultimately, I think that the Bills, the Dolphins, so who's the second best team in the NFC? In the NFC, Cowboys. It's got to be. I don't. I don't have a better answer for it. Might, maybe Detroit. I. I don't know. Um, but I, that's what I mean. It's the 49ers and then everybody else. Whereas I think if you put on a neutral field, the Ravens against any one of the Browns, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, every one of those games is a toss up. Every one of them is a all right. Whereas if the 49ers are playing on a neutral field against any team in the NFC, they're a three to seven point favorite. But I mean, I think it's that much of a difference between the two conferences right now. And the 49ers just have a great team. Yeah, they do. I mean, the one thing, and I know 49ers fans will probably hate me for this, but, like, it's still fucking Brock Purdy, right? It is. It is still. And every so. now and then he has a Brock Purdy-esque game where you're like, right, because he is still a seventh-round draft pick in his second year. So it's he's, I'm not saying he's not ever going to be a great quarterback. You know that uh, Brock Purdy and Tyrese Halliburton, you know who Tyrese Halliburton is? No. He's a point guard for the Indiana Pacers. Sure. But he is playing out of his mind. But they both went to Iowa State, so they're, you know – like good, obviously, but yeah. like not like creme de la creme kind of thing. But sure. now they're both like like Halliburton might be most improved player. Like he might, I think he maybe he won it last year, but he might win it again this year. He's if he doesn't win it, it he's having an unbelievable year. But anyway, awesome. but they're both Ohio State Iowa State boys, so they kind of like just keep pumping each other up. But That's they great. seem to come out of nowhere and uh, now dominating their prospective sports. So I like it. Yeah, I go, go Cyclones. Sure, why not? All right, I'm excited about it, and I think still the story of the year for football this year was Tommy DeVito. That was hilariously funny. I mean, Joe Flacco is the story of the year. I know, but Tommy DeVito is a way funnier story. The only story. reason it's funny because he played at Syracuse. And we know. all know he's terrible. And because he literally like lives with his parents. They got Tommy Cutlets. And then all of a sudden, for like three games, you could hear the whisper starting of like, yo, he's winning. He's doing it. And those of us who watched him at SU were like, don't do it. No chance. Don't don't fall in love with this one. And then, but then, of course, he got, in one of those games, he gets to play the Redskins, and they're like just the worst. Awful. And he lights them up, and then all of a sudden, the as you, the right. legend is born, I guess. And then I loved it when he got benched for Terod Taylor, and I saw somebody on Twitter that was something to the effect of, tonight in the DeVito household, there are racial slurs being said that you have never even heard before about <laughs> this benching. And I thought, that's probably true. Yeah. Checks out. So, all right. Well, I don't know. Playoffs are always fun. Yeah, I mean, it's a good time. It's NFL, so they're always good. All right. There's no segue to aliens in Miami malls, so... Miami's not going to be playing in Miami, so... I will say, so I'm going to Florida again in uh, in uh, for February, and in January, we're going down that, that last weekend in January, so I was somewhat rooting for the Jacksonville Jaguars to get in because I'm staying in Jacksonville on Sunday the 28th, so I was, uh, I was like, oh, if they win, then they they beat everybody, then I, maybe I get to go to the AFC Championship game on a whim and be, already have a hotel room somehow there. Didn't work out. That didn't pan out. No, sorry. So I am going to be in Miami the next day, but or but they it's not gonna they're not gonna play that. It's fair. So anyway, I'm not going to any of those games either way. But onto the aliens. Aliens in a mall. Now you sent me this tweet from some dude on Twitter, and the story goes that uh, I think it's Bayside Market. Now that I, I don't have an article, maybe it's in this article here. So from the headline, internet is convinced massive aliens took over a Miami mall. So apparently, 
mall like every other mall inside you know people running around it's probably air conditioning since you're in sure. miami right so whatever and uh people hanging out there and all of a sudden there's the, as i'm going to read the uh kind of paraphrase the uh the story being told by one of the witnesses says he was in Foot Locker, I think he said, and then uh, he started hearing what he thought were firecrackers. He came out of the store, he was with his girlfriend, and he started seeing people running. And now, I don't know if you've seen this video, but he was like, fat, fat, fat chicks, and old people were moving. He's like, like he's <laughs> describing the scene being like, these people were moving, like not people you would normally see moving, were moving. So he was like, and his girlfriend was like, what do you think's going on? And he was like, I don't know, but let's run with these people. He was like, get the hell out of here, right? So his story goes, he starts, he's running with these people, and he looks back, and he sees 10-foot shadowy figures chasing him, which look like they're blinking in and out of existence, he said. He's like, they would appear, and then they would disappear, then they reappear closer, right? So, yeah, weird. Anyway, so his claim is that people were shooting these aliens in the mall. Sure, as one does. I mean, if you're strapping and you're not shooting the aliens like what the hell are you strapping for right it's the whole so, problem right god this is why we're never going to have a peaceful interaction with aliens and so and there is some and maybe you've seen it some uh what i'll call less than clear footage of 10 foot sus uh figure sure. outside the mall like walking around um turns out i mean the police presence was the police presence gave credibility to the nonsense because they were there to break up, supposedly, a bunch of kids with firecrackers and, a, like, a 50, 50 kids, right? Yeah. There was more than 50 cop cars. Yeah, that was a lot. And a not, lot. Not, not, not a little more than 50 no. cops. I think, like, it was the entire department rolled up on the mall. Here, I can play it. So if you guys can see this, there is a line of cars all the way down the road. Like, way more than 50 cop cars. I mean, yeah. look. I mean, what is going on? Like, maybe... Listen, it is a, an over-the-top response to a bunch of kids horsing around with firecrackers, for sure. Now, sure. maybe may, listen, maybe they thought it was a gang shootout, and that's why everybody came here. That's my guess. I'm hoping. Oh, I'm really hoping that it was aliens. But, Obviously. but I'm hoping that this response is not just some, you know, new phenomena in law enforcement where they just, you know, send the whole city send to the, the mall for some firecrackers. So, I don't know. Did, you have, any, did you have any hot takes on well, the... Yes, but this okay. one just came to me, so I'm going to lead with this one. Maybe this is a dry run for somebody trying to pull off a Die Hard 3. Like, they want to get the all the cops involved in something else so that they can go commit a robbery somewhere else because the police are all chasing 8- to 10-foot-tall aliens. So it was like a fake bomb threat? Yep. They're like robbing pawn, store, pawn stores around town? So they, they can't rob the Federal Reserve, obviously, because it's not in Miami, but there's got to be enough stuff, maybe a drug dealer or something. Who knows? So I'm playing now the figure. This is supposed to be the figure that everybody says is 10-foot figure. Now, it's being described as multiple people, and it's just a weird distortion of the camera. I don't you know. I don't know. But All right. Here, but go ahead. Give me, give, me, give me. Break this down. Are you familiar with Operation Bluebeam? I should be. I feel like this is the uh, false flag thing. Yeah, this is the is a part of the takeover attempt by the global elites or by the American government. You know, you know potato potato on that one. The idea is that at some point they're going to keep releasing all of these things about aliens, and then what they're going to do is they're going to fake a alien invasion using holographic technology. And there there is some very convincing holographic. I mean, I will say blinking in and out of existence seems Sounds like a holographic. holographic. Yeah, yes, yeah. and it like, but to make it look as if the aliens are coming in order to galvanize under and seek the protection of our 
one world government because now it's there's religious aspects to this and there's um, obviously security issues and, and just basic safety and that that's their plan is to fake an alien invasion which you and I talked last year when they when the government said like yeah there's UFOs and immediately you and I were both like I believed it I until you it. said there were and now I don't anymore now I think you're lying again because there's no way that you just gave that up. And it's like this, I'm not telling you I believe this. I'm just saying it's a theory, it's it's out there, and it's been posited for years. And there was something on Twitter about the s- former secretary to, oh gosh, I'm, I can see his name. It's the, German, it's the German scientist who invented the VR rocket and then defected to America under Operation Paperclip, Kurter von Braun or something like that. I, I'm butchering this, but... His former secretary is, was apparently interviewed and said, once you start seeing alien spaceships, that's when Operation Blue, Blue Beam is going in. Like, it's, it's laughable. It's not going to really happen, but they're going to do it. And she said, Von Braun always said, once they say there's an alien spaceship that entered the atmosphere, that's when they're going all ahead full. So if you're inclined to believe such things, now all of a sudden all those... Huge underground cities make a little bit more sense. And now all of a sudden, why would you release UFO information as the government? Because you want people to believe in it, even though it might be nonsense. And now the holographic technology is so good. Like if you look at the opening ceremonies from the Olympics in Beijing, and like they had this massive alien thing flying around and it looked, if you were there, you'd been like, holy, that's an alien. But it was all just technology that we don't understand that they do. And so part of this Operation Blue Beam would be they do that, they impose more strict measures in order to defend you and your rights from these grievous aliens that are coming in. And there's more parts to it, like they use low-frequency sound waves in order to make, make you convince the aliens are contacting you or God is contacting you or whatever else. And in reality, it's just them manipulating it. So... I don't know. Like, maybe it was just a fight and some firecrackers went off. Maybe we got visited by interdimensional beings that came in and they're not getting their normal supply of kids to eat, so they had to come up to to go get something. I did read that one as a theory as well, and I loved it, except the idea that people eat kids. That's terrifying. But just as as an idea, that was up there. And then the Operation Bluebeam angle is like, man, it checks a lot of boxes. I mean... If they were going to try to do that, maybe they would first try to, like, scramble people's brains with some kind of, like, uh, uh, global pandemic. Maybe. And then get them all on edge, and then be like, aliens! And everybody's already on Ah! Maybe. and, and the, the thing, whole planet is screaming, ah, right now. Right, and, and something about they did tests with the uh, with mRNA and lipid nanoparticles in mice or gerbils, and they all got, not all, but a lot of the gerbils or the mice got super aggressive after taking more and more of this. So, like, maybe there is an angle to that of, hey, this does tend to make you more aggressive, less reasoned, more inclined to just go with your baser instincts. And if, you know, you six boosters later, if that if that's true, and I'm not telling you it is true, if it's true, then all of a sudden, like, ooh, it's another thing that falls right into place. Because now you got a bunch of people just ready to fight, ready, ready to be angry, and now aliens. And they're aliens you can see, doesn't mean they're real, yeah. but it could be here and it would look real. I mean, listen, in Krug- this room. Krugman already laid this all out for us. Yeah, he, he did. Said, That's, he, I forgot, I didn't even think about that <laughs> angle. He did say we need an alien invasion because that'll bring people together and that'll help, help the economy. The economy. Yeah, well, you know. God, that dude's an idiot. I love him so much that he's a Nobel Prize winning economist. <laughs> I love that man. Yeah. He yeah. is the gift that keeps on giving. He's the one who said that the effect of the internet would be the same on business as the fax machine. 
Credible. Super credible guy. Yeah. So anytime he's like the Jim Cramer of economists <laughs> yeah. of like, as soon as he says something, you go, I told you there was a whole series, uh, Tom Woods and, uh, uh, Bob Murphy, who's an economist, uh, both in like the Austrian school economy, uh, economist, uh, class there. They literally had a podcast called Contra Krugman and they would just break down his piece every single, every time he wrote, they would just do a segment on how wrong he was. It's amazing. Yeah. It's got to be an easy task, though, because he does come up with some gems. Yeah. And he's just like, he is the epitome of the elitist, you're not smart enough to yeah. understand oh, how yeah, brilliant sure. I am, so shut up, peasant. For sure. And you're like, oh, God, get over yourself. All right. Well. So, yeah, that's my take on the aliens is I think the most likely, because I'm having a hard time buying into the idea that these aliens just randomly showed up in Miami and that you're getting all these cops to stay quiet about it and all these people to stay silent about it, et cetera, et cetera. But... If you told me this is part of a government conspiracy, now, admittedly, this is a little bit of, like, playing to the audience because I, what would I love more than that? So I'm trying to be objective on this one. But I can't tell you it's impossible that this is all part of that strategy to say, okay. And I also do think that anytime you get into the idea of, like, aliens or these beings from other worlds, I, I tend to subscribe to the belief it's far more likely to come from other dimensions than from outer space. That's my, my own personal take on it. And I'm guessing, and this is, I used to think exactly the same way. I just don't think space is as big as it used to be. Or I don't think it's as big as they claim it to be. I got you. So, like, I don't think the interstellar travel is as mind-bogglingly impossible I that you. it actually happens. But I'm open to in, that prospect. In theory, you're, you're right. That I'm it, open to that prospect. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's I mean, we could get into redshift and how they measure distances from stars, and, but I don't want to do that no, on the show. I think we we'll bring on some astrophysicists. This, yeah. So what's, what's Neil deGrasse Tyson up to these days? Uh, he's not going to be on my side with that. No, probably. If you all want to look up Redshift, look up Halton Arp. He's a astronomist or astronomer who uh, uh, wrote a book of like, I can't remember what it's called, like anomalies of quasars or you know some 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 right. sciencey title. But he basically points out a bunch of things and hey, we're measuring distance wrong. But anyway, so like it, different story for a different uh, show. But anyway. Sure. Let's move on. How do you think the aliens are going to affect uh, 2024 presidential race? Mm. Who do you think? I mean, do you think that they're going to endorse? <laughs> <laughs> if they endorse, I guarantee you Americans are going to vote the opposite direction just because we're insolent <laughs> dicks that will do nothing except like, oh, you think I should vote for Trump? Screw you. Go Biden. Like, that's just who we are as a, as a species. What are people that just shoot aliens, like, randomly because you happen to have a gun on you and you see a 10-foot-tall creature like... What was I supposed to do? Not shoot him? And I bring this up because January 15th, one week, Iowa caucuses. It has begun. The countdown is officially on, if you will. I have a question for yeah. you. I've been thinking about this question. You've said before that you are closer to voting for Donald Trump than you ever have been before yeah. in your entire life. If Donald Trump picks Nikki Haley as his running mate. No, zero <laughs> chance. No chance. No chance. Now... I know that was floated. I've also heard that that's completely ridiculous. And actually, he went, uh, he attacked her a little bit yesterday. So, Good. I'm guessing that that flirtation is long past. But yeah. I was, I mean, that I mean, the theory was, oh, we're just, we'll just get all the all the votes for the establishment. Well, like that's it's like undermining everything. So, I, I mean, it's totally what something Trump could would do. Seemingly, his Wouldn't track be record shocked, be like, yeah. oh, great. This is terrible. I mean, this is the guy that picked Mike Pence. Although that was actually strategically really smart because he needed the Christians. 
and Mike Pence is like an evangelical. So I think that was. But a he's good also spread. a deep state guy. So yeah, like, like he was clearly a, so he was hired Bill a more. So no, right, Mike I mean, Pence, Joe Bol- so John is, Bolton. Um, I mean, John Bolton, who was the Secretary of State, Pompeo. Yeah, all, like, all, all these all guys are awful, and he, yeah, he surrounded creatures. himself with them. Yeah, he's an idiot. All right, sorry. He's an idiot, but I'm I'm still close. I'm going to vote for him unless he picks Nikki Haley. It's it's the it's the the disconnect from reality of the people who are who have TDS, right? Yeah. It's the, it's it's a vote in a, a way to block them. Fair. That's really all it is. Listen, I can't vote in the primary. I'm sure. not I'm not rolling the Republican Party. I'm not rolling the Democrat Party. I can't vote in the primary. So here in New York, you know, great state of democracy. Oh yeah. Um, but anyway, so I'm only voting in the general, and there's zero chance I'm ever voting for like Joe Biden. Sure. And I can't vote for RFK uh, because of his. Uh, hawkish position on Israel uh, Israel, and I did see that uh, somebody noted that he might have been in one of Epstein's houses in one of the documents so not just on the plane so oh yeah anyway whatever so I'm not voting for that guy either so now I'm just to the and I I've never voted for Trump either time I had, and was like never considering it like sure. it wasn't like I was like um eh, you know whatever nope zero chance now I'm like eh, maybe like and it's Trump hasn't done anything different. He's still the buffoon that he was sure. whatever eight years ago or whatever, 2015, 16. It's the people who are trying to get him off of the ballot. Like, I, I, I can't, I, there I has to be a pushback against that. And I, that's I, the only thing I have is my vote at that point. So fair. So yes, if the general election was held today, I would be voting for Trump. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, this a lifetime away from, I mean, there's a video, so a video could, sh- a, you know, a document could show up today. There was more documents released today, by the way. I didn't get a chance. To, I mean, it was like ten minutes before the show started, so yeah. I was like, Grr. but anyway. So it could change, but yes, okay. But if he and makes Nikki Haley, it's a non-starter. It's zero chance. It's over. No chance. Yeah, yeah, there's a long list of people he could pick that would just literally eliminate him. Would RFK Jr. being the running? Yeah, he game? would eliminate him. That as would well. eliminate that yeah. as well. Yeah. Wow. All yeah. right. Yeah. Who can he pick in your mind? I mean, if he picks Vivek Raswami, I will die. Right, so, like, I don't so think he's going to do that, even though that would be the play. Like, that would be the ultimate, like, screw you. Because then you could just screw you to the establishment. Yeah, because now you're literally setting this guy up for the next eight years, yep. right? So, like, listen, he talks the game, right? I, I, it's I, hard for me to be like, oh, I wish he would say this or do this a little different. Like, but, I mean, he's he's on it for the most part. Like, I don't know if I trust all the stuff that he says. No. It's, it's impossible for me to be Not like, where'd this guy come from? It's like, all of a sudden. To watch. Right, but I, I also like to give some flexibility in my opinion in that he's still a relatively young dude. Yeah. And like, I came from the Democrat, like I voted Democrat my whole life until like 2006. Right. So like, and now I'm like, I couldn't, do I, it. I, I'm voting yeah. anti-Democrat like in a, as a block. So like fair, I can see people changing their mind. Now, mind you, he was seemingly immersed in this stuff and should have been maybe more aware and sure. have these opinions earlier other than, you know, gauging his, the opinion of Twitter and what pop, what's popular on Twitter, he's popular on Twitter because everything he says is exactly what I want to hear on Twitter. So That's fair. Uh, I do find it interesting that like, you know, he still does all the interviews. Like he's everywhere. He, he seemingly does not care to show up and talk about his stuff. I mean, I don't know if he's, did you see the takedown of the Washington Post reporter who, I mean, just epic. Like nobody, nobody in the political, like even Ron Paul in his peak couldn't have done it as well as, yeah. as Vivek did it. I mean, he, Literally, like, I'm not playing your game. It's your religion. Like, I'm not going to bend my knee to yours. You're not going to bend my... Like, it literally killed the girl. Yeah, and, and you're going to turn around and say yeah. that I don't... Uh, right. I, I, I didn't... Like, killed it. Like, nailed it. Like, I mean... And so, 
those are the things where I'm like, all right, I, I, I want to take the white pill. I just, I just feel like it's not, it's, it's got, it's a, it's coded pill. <laughs> I don't listen. I love when he, a lot of the stuff that he's saying right now is stuff that I'm like, good. I'm glad somebody's saying it coming from him is like, mm, he just doesn't have the, this. he just doesn't have a long track record of making these same. Not listen, because he was a, he was a Bernie Sanders guy when he was younger. There's videos of him at like rally. And sure. But okay. Questions. But let me stop right there real quick. But Bernie Sanders in 2008 was like Ron Paul, right? Yeah, like he bad. had kind of. He was an old guy, whatever, but he had tapped into something the anti-establishment left. So, like, right. that gives him credibility. If he was latched on to John Edwards Fair. or, you know, Hillary Clinton, then, okay, I, there's problems there, right? I like, you, you should have seen that coming. Right. Bernie was a sellout. So, like, yeah, he, he sold himself as something that he just w- turned out not to be. Some of us called that and said he's going to turn around and sell out. And he might have been that person up until the FBI said, hey, uh, you're not that person anymore. <laughs> I love it. Um, but I, I do think like, that aside, it's more like, you know, he had made his money on like basically a pharmaceutical pump and dump. He was all pro every tyrannical measure the government wanted to. And do. he says he was wrong about that. And that's good. And I'm glad that he's turned around on that. My only issue is, all right, where do you stand? Like, is, is it just because it's what's popular right now? Like, do you have any actual convictions by which you subscribe at the same time? I don't care. I don't. I'm glad the message is out there. Right. And that's what I mean. Like, on January 6th, he he tweeted, Happy Fed Surrection Day. And yeah. I was like, I love this dude so yeah. <laughs> much right now, I can't even put it in words. And I know full well, he may not be, he might be a very disingenuous politician just saying what he needs to say. I don't care. Because what he's saying is stuff that needs to be said, and we have to stop this idea that January 6th was an actual insurrection against the government where the most well-armed segment of our population tried to overthrow the government without a single gun. Like, at some point, we have to turn around and our president going out and bragging how they've thrown all these people in prison for 840 years, and you've got to stop and go, that's insane, and this is a tyrannical move by our government. You are silencing political opponents. That sentence alone would make me vote for Donald Trump. Right. That's what I mean. Like, I, you and I, I'm very upfront with you. Of like, I have no interest and no intention of voting for Donald Trump again. I did vote for him in the past. And 2016 was more or less a screw everybody. Yeah. I'm I, done. I mean, I was probably closer in 2016, but I was, I was already you. in on a different, different candidate. Right. So I could, see, again, I can see how, just like the Bernie thing, where you're like, all right, well, screw it. I'm just going to pick the dude who's going right. to poke the, the, poke the establishment in the eyeball, right? And tr- Trump was doing that in spades, yes. right? So like kill, killing the establishment. So I totally get why people were enamored with him. And there was a bunch of Ron Paul people who were like Ron Paul for Trump. And I was like, oh, I'm not going there, but, <laughs> but I could see where they were coming from. Right. Yeah. Like I could see their, I could at least rationalize why they were doing things. Um, I, again, I don't have any rationalization why I'm voting for Trump other than I'm blocking somebody else who's purposely not voting for Trump. Right. That's little, I'm just a block. Fair. Um, anyway, I mean, I'm in New York, so who knows? Measure a man by the quality of his enemies. Every person that hates Donald Trump is someone I think is a terrible human being. That's kind of where. Yeah. Not in private life. Like, I have family members that hate him, and I don't don't hate you. But publicly speaking, like, if you can tell me, like, there's one guy that is despised by Mitch McConnell, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, Mike Pompeo, John Bolton, uh, Bill Barr, Insert swamp creature here. Right, like every single one, yeah. and Nancy Pelosi, and then you're like, wait, every one of them hates this guy? You're like, yeah. Like, I kind of want him. And then you listen to him, and you're like, shit, I don't want to want him because yeah. he just says dumb shit left, yeah. right, and center, and 
God love him when he just gets off and riffs about whatever nonsense comes into his mind. But looking at all the people that literally call him a threat to democracy and he's got to be removed from the ballot to protect democracy, which, again, is the dumbest sentence imaginable. Um, listening to them, that makes me kind of go, I don't know why you all hate him, but I want him to be president because you all hate him. Yeah, like, no, I, 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 I do. I'm, I'm at. That's where I'm at. So, I. And I love Shane Gillis's bit on him where he got off and just riffed for 40 minutes at 1 o'clock in the morning after we killed Al Bob, whoever, Al Baghdadi. Did you see his stand up? Mm -mm. He's like, the guy just gave it like a post game press conference of an NBA game and he talked for 40 minutes. He didn't have a speech. He just riffed with the media for 40 minutes about the meanest shit talking ever about how this guy died like a dog and was crying. Right. Stuff like that. I was like, all right, it's kind of funny. All right. Well, I know we talked about this and this is going to be quick, but I just wanted to kind of bring it up. So, how did you celebrate Fed Surrection Day? You know, I, I thought about a couple different ways to do it, but ultimately I just went and lived my life. Probably that's the, how I celebrated. That's probably the 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 most fair thing. I was going to I don't have the uh, audio clip there, but I what I was going to bring this that exactly what you brought up the clearly I mean, I'm guessing that speech is kind of like gone through the uh uh you know, the, the political pundits of, on his team being like, okay, we're going to massage this speech this way. So that wasn't like just like off the cuff, like whatever. That was written with a purpose to intimidate. Like this dude shouldn't, uh, there's so much going on. It's hard to actually put it all into words, but like this dude is so far, should be nowhere near the White House, like as you could possibly get. Like it's right. so terrible. Um, and this sentence, again, just, solidifies my position of the left has lost their mind. Yep. He is a, 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 a poster boy of that mind loss in more ways than one. Yep. And I'm voting for the other guy. Like, I just don't care anymore. And things like this just make it easy. Literally make it easy. Like, I don't, I mean, I, like, I think Trump is a rapey piece of crap. Right. So like, like, I don't even think he's a good person. Like, I think he's a terrible person. Right. The, all the, I mean, listen, there are levels of terrible in this, I guess, because, you know, we're going to sure. talk about the most terrible person on the planet in a second here. There we will. But I'm voting for the guy. I don't care. Like, I, the left has lost their minds. I mean, if you try to just objectively remove yourself from this is your day-to-day -day life and you imagine that you are 30 years in the future watching this as part of, like, a history lesson, that speech would send shivers down your spine of how the hell did anybody support that? Because that is so clearly a malicious intent of political rivals. That's like Soviet Union type stuff where our party is the only party that cares about democracy. So in order to protect that, we're going to eliminate all other parties and we're going to get rid anybody who disagrees with us. There's no reasonable disagreement to be had. Either you tow our line or you are a threat to democracy. You are a terrorist and you deserve to be in prison. Like, no, I can literally look at what happened on January 6th and say it was an absolute embarrassment of a day but it wasn't an insurrection. Yeah. Sorry. Like, and the idea that you're going to tell me I'm nuts for that means you didn't pay attention on that day. You are being spoon-fed information, and you're just regurgitating what you hear. But the day of, it wasn't that. Nobody ever thought for a minute that we were about to lose our government over this. It was never that. And if you have no issues with watching police remove barricades and let people in, and these brilliant insurrectionists walking between the red velvet ropes and trying to steal paintings and lecterns, like taking pictures with their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk, well inappropriate and certainly worthy of some criminal offense, is not a 10-year-in-prison offense. Sorry, it's just not.
Yeah. So I think it's, a, a you know, <laughs> it's, I don't even know where, I mean, if somebody came up to you, like, I don't know even where would you start if you're going to talk about January 6th. Somebody who really thought it was an insurrection and right, was, op- was, was open to listening to a, dis- because most people aren't, but you, you're just saying you, Ray Epps, you would. So the, per- the first point I always make with anybody on this is, all right, if you think this segment of the population was literally trying to overthrow the government, why didn't they bring any guns? Because that is a, that is a cognitive sure. dissonance you cannot make sense of. Of this is not like look if a bunch of lefty liberal yeah because there's no way they sticks. should have known that the Capitol Police were going to stand down. Right. <laughs> it's like this is where I mean of number one the number <coughs> one thing that you should go huh is why were, and and I love I said this to somebody at one point and they were like ah uh, they did bring guns three of them got confiscated and I just like gave them the blank stare back like three three guns. Okay. And then the next thing is the pipe bombs. And I'm going to put bombs in air quotes because they weren't even real bombs. They were like cartoon versions of pipe bombs literally meant to get found at the exact time they got found. And of course, the woman who found the first pipe bomb happens to work for a company that is a contractor of CIA and DHS. Yeah. The pipe bombs are the smoking gun. This is a cartoon, right? It's a it's a clear indication that something was going on orchestrated that, right. I mean, they're not even trying to find out who planted the bombs because they know. Right. Everybody else that was in D.C. that day got found through geo-tracking, but somehow we can't figure out who dropped <laughs> the, them. Do you remember the video coverage? The video footage that was released was like pixelated, like so, like you could not even, <laughs> it was like, really guys? Like this is the camera that we you had, got out there co- covering D.C.? Like this camera? Like no. Yeah, you we don't. had you, better literally the resi- yeah, they just Yeah, they just changed the resolution on that thing so bad just right. so you could see a, it. It was a joke. So then if you're going to go down that road, you say, all right, nobody brought a gun. And then for me, it was, all right, when, when the timeline, when you start lining it up, it does not make any sense. And the idea that Donald Trump literally was was 20 minutes away still speaking when it breached. There's no way that the people that listen to him talk made it back and breached it. And then watching the Mike Epps stuff where he's like, he went and whispered in somebody's ear. What did I say? You said Mike Epps. Isn't he an actor? Yeah, I always do that. That's Omar Epps. Omar Epps and Mike Epps is too. Mike Epps was in uh, next Friday. Ray Epps. Ray Epps. Yeah. Sorry. Different guy is, is watching the timeline of Ray Epps. And then again, my point to everybody that you're asking about, somebody who firmly believes this but is open-minded, is how much am I supposed to believe? So you're telling me this guy who's on camera multiple times telling people to go into the Capitol, suddenly on the day of, walks up and whispers in a guy easier than says, don't go in the Capitol, and then he went and broke down the barrier and let everybody into the Capitol. Like, come on. At some point, do you just enjoy being lied to, or do you not have any it's objectivity? T- it's TDS. You have to have some objectivity, yeah. though. Of, yeah. of course that's not real. And so then it was looking at how that all broke down. It's going, all right, and you're telling me that they won't admit how many Fed uh, agents and or uh, informants were in a crowd that day, but we know it was a lot. So speak, speaking of that, did you see the interview with Congressman Clay Higgins on Tucker? No. Okay, so he is a congressman. He's basically the one who was asking Chris Ray a bunch of difficult questions about oh, good. whether or not federal agents were on uh, in the crowd there and obviously, you know, Ray didn't answer. Sure. Um, but he, this congressman was then interviewed, I think it's Louisiana was interviewed at Tucker recently on the anniversary of January 6th. And in that interview, he says there was a, a low ball number of 200 federal agents in the crowd. He's like, this is a conservative number 200. He's like, I've seen 
declassified information and what happened. And this is the stuff I think that needs to be released. Wow. Now, he is assuming that the new speaker, uh, Johnson, there is going to release all this. And it's more than just video footage. He's like, there are additional communications, digital communications, and stuff that should all be made a part of this release of, of, of information. So, to your point, at least 200-ish federal agents and informants assets and here's the question even if you say well there was thousands of people and only 200 agents why why were there 200 agents conservatively why were they, why do you need that many people there as an organization because that's not tracking and monitoring anymore you don't and there's video much. out where they're they were i mean you know on a they were shooting them with pellets or like right you know, from the tier like they were literally just shooting peaceful people but there was also video of agents dressed as you know, insurrectionists or right. Trump supporters, whatever way, whatever we want to call them, you know, getting pepper spray in their eye. And then, you know, basically their body cameras on and they're getting recorded and people they are basically saying, Oh yeah, we're going back in or whatever. Da, da. So they, there's clear video anecdotal evidence of this happening. And then you have this, uh, uh, representative Higgins basically saying the information that he's seen leads, leads him to believe that there was at least 200 federal agents on the ground in there. So, I just don't know how you, I mean, he's, he's a Trump supporter too. So it's hard to, you can't get past the, the people who would tell you you're an idiot will never get past the fact that he supports Trump, which is the problem. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I think, I think the other one that you want to check out, if you really want to get an understanding for what happened that day is Tucker Carlson did a phenomenal interview with Steven Sun, the chief of the Capitol police at the time who resigned in protest afterwards. Yeah. Cause he was so pissed about what happened. And then he uh, interviewed him at Fox News, and then Fox killed the interview and wouldn't let it go on the air. So when Tucker got fired, he interviewed him on Twitter, yeah. or on X, yeah. and now that one's out there. And again, guys, if you listen to this, it's impossible to come to the conclusion of everybody just tried their best and they and the, these bunch of rednecks tried to overthrow the government. Like, it's an impossible conclusion to draw. How badly everything was mishandled could not possibly be the result of just general incompetence. Like, nobody would be that bad at their job and still have a job. So, yeah. Two other, I'm going to, we're going to move on to the uh, Epstein stuff here now. Two other things I should bring up on Tucker, though. I mentioned the uh, interview with uh, Representative Higgins. Yeah. He also interviewed Mark Epstein. Oh, God. Jeffrey Epstein's brother. Yeah. Who, in the interview, admitted that he hadn't seen uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein seven years prior to his death. So, like, he said that we still communicated. We were not, like, at odds, but we'd live different lives, whatever. So, sure. he seems to me in that interview, just as a quick recap, seemed just like me or you, almost. Like, was not really aware of all the stuff that was going on, like, all the, the craziness or whatever, but then was, you know, maybe he, he, he said, he's like, I kind of just figured he killed himself until the Dr. Baden uh, autopsy. And now I think that it wasn't. And so I just want to find out who killed my brother or whatever. So Fair. he doesn't have a, I mean, I wasn't expecting him to be like, oh yeah, my brother was a pedophile and he did all that. Without, like that was not happening. So I wasn't expecting that, but it seemed even more so that he was kind of disconnected from the whole thing. And yeah. You know, now it's just like a, you know, I say concerned brother. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's aware of the allegations against him, but I don't know. It's, it was, it wasn't a, I mean, you can go watch the interview, but it was, there was no like, oh my God, kind of evidence came out of it though. Did, I mean, did you ever see the other video and then we'll talk about this, but did you see that he also, Tucker, hell of a week, Brett Weinstein. I did, I didn't watch the interview yet, but yeah, I, I, that was a good I one. I do like Brett here, Weinstein. So. so we're going to mix COVID 
sure. like Brett Weinstein and Mark Epstein, like Jeffrey Epstein. We're going to mix COVID and Jeffrey Epstein here for a couple minutes. Before we dive in, did yeah. you see the Megyn Kelly clip? Yes. How excited did you get at that moment? I, mean, I, I shared all it with all I could think about was you. When as soon yeah. as I saw it, was like, so, oh, I'm never going to hear yeah, the end this of this. Yeah, this was, you know, and maybe if you guys haven't seen it, Megyn Kelly basically makes some insinuation that uh, we're going to hear from Jeffrey Epstein. Directly. Directly. Now, I, of the opinion that that's just going to be the Steve Bannon interview. So Steve Bannon did an interview or a documentary or something with Jeffrey Epstein. Oh. And Harvey Weinstein, like a bunch of monsters, I think it's called. Whatever, the monsters. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it is. But anyway. It's never come out. Ah, uh, okay. So I'm makes, assuming that, that Steve sense. Bannon's interview is going to come out. And that's going to be the thing. I, I mean, listen, but I, but I, if Megyn Kelly can land Jeffrey Epstein as an interview, I'm here for it. Right. I'll, I'll subscribe. <laughs> I'll subscribe. So if that happens, She's I'll definitely going to kill yes. herself if that happens. Yeah, right. So I do think it's just going to be some kind of video. Now it, it may open up some rabbit holes that interview whatever sure. whatever he says and whatever he how he you know handles himself or whatnot but um we'll we'll figure that out when it happens thanks Megan Kelly but I want to draw your attention to a couple uh uh X accounts Twitter accounts here so the first is Jesse Matchy okay who says he's a retired army Blackhawk pilot nice so got some street cred there love those guys um I also, but first I want to go to this Blue Canaries. Now, both of these are accounts that I just followed this morning, literally just doing some digging on this uh, uh, Epstein and COVID stuff here. Because if you remember, I have kind of asserted that the only way the response of COVID makes any sense is if Epstein's involved. Because I'm like, oh, I get it. You have I totally that. get it. You have said now that. Now I get it. Multiple occasions. Right. So, here we are <laughs> in my dream world where Blue Canary is... This is dated, this is a tweet thread uh, from October 16th, 16th, 2021, right? So, like, six months after the, like, the widespread administration of the vaccine is out, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, COVID is 2020, vaccine we get out in the first part of 2021. For the medical people, by, like, the springtime, everybody's getting it. This is October of that year. What are U.S. biolabs doing in Ukraine? Right? So we've talked about this. Terrifying. And we've talked about what I'm going to mention before, Metabiota. Uh, we did a whole segment on Metabiota, so feel free to go back and watch that one. Um, so we were kind of aware that this overlapping uh, things was happening, occurring with a lot of the same players, which is kind of why I think it made sense for, like, this has to be Epstein. Um, but the timelines here are pretty crazy. So I would tell you to go read this tweet thread. Uh, Blue Canaries, again, dated October uh, 16, 2021. It's, it's a 10 post, uh, uh, 12, 13, 13. So he's citing a article that was, uh, had to be translated and whatnot, but I encourage you all to read this. And then so, but I found this one, I found this, this tweet thread through Jesse Matchy, another uh, uh, Twitter account that I just followed this morning. Um, and so he posts on January 1st of this year. He said, two years ago, I was banned for connecting the Jeffrey Epstein to the Clinton Foundation, the Clinton Health Access Initiative, the Gates Foundation, Gavi, WHO, the World Health Organization, Global Fund, Partnership in Health, EcoHealth Alliance, uh, Vax Passports, Metabiota, and the World Bank, right? So 
I'm got my ears perked up. You're connecting all those things. That makes total sense to me. I was so, following all those people. Yeah. You just said the oh, okay, good. Sorry. Yeah. Um, now you're informed. <laughs> Thank God. It's about so, time. Again, this, the, the Clinton Foundation and Bill Gates and Metabiota, which is this uh, uh, company that makes biolabs, and their founder, Nathan Wolf, all have these Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein ties. Yep. So they're all intertwined. Moderna, backyard of Harvard and MIT, literally just, you know, they're an NGO. Sure. I said that like three weeks ago. All of this is happening in the Boston, Massachusetts area, the general vicinity. Um, it, I don't know that there's ever going to be a smoking gun tying Epstein directly to COVID, but it's easy to connect the dots from him to Gates to Gavi to the World Health Organization. And then if you realize that he, quote unquote, committed suicide in August of 2019... I mean, it starts coming around like the 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 lineup of the events seem to allow for the implementation of a mass planned pandemic yep. to I don't know if I say distract from Epstein, but like to provide a global craze where I mean, if Epstein is alive, he can. He, could have, he had three years, basically. Nobody's paying attention to him or whatever. So, and he's kind of got this crazy science, you know, streak in him already, right? So he's sure got all these scientists that he's having over to his house and, you know, is into living forever or whatever, um, trying to create a line of race, race of humans on his DNA. Like, he's got some craziness to him. So, man, that's a new level of narcissism. Yeah. So, sorry. It's. I don't think that – I do think that we are going to see a lot of smoke here, um, and hopefully it all starts with – because this kind of is getting more attention now um, than it did in 2021. So maybe we get some uh, some juiciness. Like, I don't think any of these Epstein files are going to actually, you know, shed light on this per se, and we'll get into the – the, the names here in a second here, but I just wanted to start the Epstein discussion with this idea that he may have been behind the uh, COVID pandemic. Let's say involved. I don't know if I want to jump all the way to behind because I'm not sure how much he was behind anything versus he was the tool, not the carpenter, sure. for lack of a better analogy. I got you. Um, and also, like, just as we're about to dive into all of this, just perspective. Like, imagine you are in a position where you decide to utilize a gentleman to have him go and engage in sexual relations with minors and then go recruit more minors and then bring over politicians, scientists, academics, actors, whomever else to his various properties and film them engaging in sexual contact with minors. Some very young, some, you know, on the cusp of being the age of consent, but not there. And then you videotape it, and then you use that to blackmail them into doing whatever you want. So my, my thought experiment here is two questions. One, what is your purpose that you're willing to do that? 
what is it that you're striving for? Just national security? So you're engaging in this? I have a hard time getting there, but okay. Number two, we're talking about with this COVID conspiracy stuff and intentional harm via vaccines and all that other stuff as we've sort of alluded to on the show. And it's not necessarily that you and I think it's definite. It was more like there's so many things that are wrong and that's why we're taking the stance we're taking. I can't tell you what's going on with these shots, but I can tell you we're being lied to a lot. So I don't know what it is because I have a hard time wrapping my brain around the idea that any human being out there would literally launch this intentionally to harm and cause this much pain, suffering, loss of life across the population of the world. However, here's the second part of my thought experiment. If you're willing to traffic children in order to get leverage over people, what are you not willing to do? And listen, the, the, the right for sure. And you know, evil is what like, is you more can't measure. Right, you can't that. you can't measure where they would go from there. Why? Right. So what? There if and you know. It seems not even an if, it's just a statement of fact of is Epstein was blackmailing people. Yes. And we'll get, you know, whatever. It's part of that. That is part of the documents. To what end? That's that is, the question. Right. And the people, and we'll just go to some of these names here. I, I did want to read this one thing and I, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up this COVID connection here and then we can dive into the dive list. into it if we need to, but then we'll go into the list here. But let me read this uh, from... So War Clandestine is also another uh, Twitter account that I follow. Now, I don't know. I just found this Jesse Matchy guy this morning. But I will say that he posted something like the clandestine fraudster guy, whatever. So, I, I don't know. There might be some kind of, like, uh, copyright infringement going on here with this outing of the data. I don't know. I'm not trying to get into their spat. Little rivalry. <coughs> I guess. But, anyway, <coughs> this guy, War Clandestine, uh, has a substack and... Did Epstein create the COVID-19 pandemic is the title of the uh, article here. But let me read this, uh, this paragraph here. Not only is the founder of Biden's Metabiota, he is a World Economic Forum member, Department of Defense employee, sat on the board of Peter Daszak, Peter Daszak's EcoHealth Alliance, involved in Wuhan funded by DARPA, Gates Foundation, funded by Ghislaine Maxwell's Terramar Project, with the Clintons, a member of the Edge Foundation and collecting microbes for housing animal viruses all over the world. So this guy, Nathan Wolf, uh, another evil force gump kind of thing where he's just involved in all of this nonsense. Always and there. did you know that he was the founding citizen of Ghislaine Maxwell's Terramar? Yeah, so like Terramar this, was like the international waters. Yeah, like it was a scam, but she was right. it was her foundation where she was gonna save the oceans or whatever. And the very first member of that foundation was Nathan Wolf from Metabiota. Man. Yeah. So dirty. And Metabiota is the, the company who was building the Ukraine biolabs. Obviously. Among other biolabs, but that's what they do. They build biolabs. So I, it's, again, I've already said COVID makes way more sense when Epstein's involved and there's this idea of a controlled planned pandemic and a response and a whatever again to what end i'm guessing rigged elections but i I think you and i are the same mindset when it comes to covid which was all along the question that you and i kept coming back to is why why are you lying like this there is no way you're misinterpreting this data and we broke it down and most people just thought it was a money grab 
Yeah, and it, it seemed worse than that because yeah. you could have had the money grab without going to the extent that they went to and made plenty of money, but they were just doing stuff that was so blatantly false. And you and I are, I think this was my go-to line, like, we're two idiots with a podcast. If we can figure this out and we could be right this often, how are these guys getting it wrong all the time? Because they shouldn't be. Because they're, they're getting smart. it wrong on purpose. Right, and that was it. Like, why? Why are we doing this? Why are we misrepresenting the risk to young people? Why are we misrepresenting the risk to pregnant women? Why are we misrepresenting the risk compared to the flu for healthy adults? Why are we misrepresenting? Like, there's still stories coming out about how hydroxychloroquine was causing death. Like, guys, the medication's been around for 80 years and has never led to deaths. Why would it suddenly lead? Now, you could argue ineffective, ineffective I'm on board. I don't know. It seems to work well for some people, not for others. Fine. But if you're going to argue that it's, it's causing deaths, that's that's the kind of stuff that we talk about of, this is so blatantly incorrect. This is so obviously wrong. Why are smart people pushing this? And the answer is, I don't know. But as we talked about all of our various conspiracy theories and all of these different internet um, ideas that gain traction, the one thing you and I kept coming back to is the least plausible explanation is this happened naturally and everybody tried their best to do what was best for humanity. Like that is the wildest conspiracy theory of any that we posited, discussed, dismissed, or anything else. That is the wildest one that this all happened from a bat manning with a pangolin in the Wuhan market and then naturally escaped into humans. And then everybody just tried like their best to make sure that as many people were saved and safe as possible, that it was all great effort. It was such blatant lies from top to bottom that you just looked at it and went, that's, that's the least likely explanation. That's the least. But that's what we were fed. And, that, and then talking to people like you guys, even in the presence of data, you continue to push your conspiracy theories because like, what you have isn't data. I'm sorry, but the idea, but well, it's a peer-reviewed study that shows hydroxychloroquine was killing people. Like, there's no way that's going to be proven right. It's been around for 80 years, and it hasn't killed anybody. Same with ivermectin. When they said, oh, that one study that showed ivermectin was killed, and you're like, wait a minute. They did a multinational study with a hospital registry from every country that didn't exist. And Anthony Fauci is the leader of the NIH and the number one doctor in America whose job is to track infectious diseases, ostensibly reads this study, and his first thought is not, man, how is there an international hospital registry that touches every continent, and I never knew about it? That's really handy information from a health standpoint. Instead, they just went with it. And you're like, guys, there's, these are not mistakes you should be making. These are mistakes that are not mistakes. They're intentional. You just ran with it. And ivermectin is killing people? Or I, I, Seriously? Speaking of ivermectin, I want to point out that episode 51, ivermectin and the emergency youth authorization, our episode was removed from YouTube <laughs> last week. Episode 50, 100 weeks ago plus. They're still getting at us. It still feels like fucking down. <laughs> they no hate reason. us. Just, so I, if you guys want to see what we're, how we're criminals or heathens, you can go rewatch episode fifty-one. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So but this is what I mean. Like it was. It was so obvious that something was wrong. That it was. I people asked me about the vaccine, and I said, "Look, I'm not in a position to offer anybody financial or uh, medical advice. I do offer financial advice. Medical advice, not my thing. I'm just looking at it for myself and my family and saying." There's so many things that don't add up and there is so many lies being pushed and like trying to persuade you or convince you to take this, trying to coerce you by any means necessary that normally I think if something was good and benevolent, this wouldn't be happening. But the fact that it is leads me to believe it's something bad and I'm not taking it because I also understood the risk to myself, my children, and it was, it was an easy decision. 
because I understood the real da- the real data, not what was being presented. And I went, nah, no, something's wrong. And now the idea that, all right, well, we had bio labs in Ukraine where we were doing all this. We were funding this lab in the Wuhan region where they Weird. escaped from. Like, DARPA was behind a lot of this funding. I'm uh, sure this will all, all be explained in perfect... Uh, uh, clarity by uh, Dr. Fauci when he testifies in front of Congress next, oh, yeah. next month. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it's like Bitcoin 46,000 coming together is nuts. 46,000 on right. Bitcoin down there. I just saw. Let's get to some of these names. Now, I'm almost none of this was new to me. None, none, none of it. Right. Like, I mean, I've seen enough of this. It, the exact, these documents were already released in a redacted form. Yeah. And even some of them were like, there was there's one section that was released this time that's redacted, but it's unredacted in a previous version. I'm like, okay, I can I know whose name this is. People were trying to create an. There was a a list of names who this person Jane Doe three I think who had said that she had slept with, and there was one name redacted, but in the exact same quote is from a previously unredacted thing, and it's just Stephen Kaufman. I don't nobody even knows who this dude is. Like there's some language guy who spelled the same name with two N's, and then there's some younger guy who doesn't seem like he was old enough to be involved uh, with there. So I don't know who Stephen Kaufman is. Gotcha. But apparently there was a Stephen Kaufman, and anybody who's trying to claim it to be Jimmy Kimmel or William, like nobody would write William Clinton. Because they're like, it's 13 letters. I'm like, okay, well, nobody's writing William. No. You guys are weirdos. But it's Stephen Kaufman. Anyway, here are some names. The names we all know, the Ghislaine Mack. These are, now, that's for a little bit of background. These are not like, this is not a client list. Right. This this is names pulled from testimony that happened from depositions in 2015, 2016, when Virginia Roberts slash Virginia Jufre sued Ghislaine Maxwell in civil court for defamation. And these this testimony during test during these deposition of people, names were mentioned as part of the testimony or whatever. So these are all names who are just part of the testimony. Now some of the questions are, hey, who did you sleep with? And they're like, hey, this person, this person, this person. Like, okay, yeah. those names are clearly on the list, if you will. Um, but a lot of them are like uh, Virginia Dufresne's lawyers, uh, her medical, like people who treated her. Like, so there, some of these names are not any, nefar- any on this list in any kind of nefarious way whatsoever. I know, it Donald Trump's on the list, and the question was, did you ever have sex with Donald Trump? Same no. thing with, same thing with Al Gore, right? They Donald asked Trump. Al Gore, and no. he said no, right? right? Okay, it's like it's the same thing. Like, right. okay, these names shouldn't be, be on. They're in the testimony, so they're names, and I'm glad that they put them out. Sure. But for lack of, for, for clarity's sake. they all Alan Dershowitz. Right, 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 right. So. <laughs> we'll get into Dershowitz in a yeah. minute. Some right. of the new stuff that I had. Now, like I said, I have these names, the, the Prince Andrews, the Bill Clintons. Um, you know, Hillary Clinton kind of got named a little bit there, but Alan Dershowitz was uh, there. Um, the, the one that I found was, did you, did you read the Stephen Hawking part? That was weird. All right, so the thing about the midget solving equations was just a meme and not real. We have to point that out. As hilarious as it was of the what is Stephen Hawking's thing, like watching midgets in no clothes try to solve complex equations on a chalkboard that's too tall well hilarious that was just a meme and not the actual testimony but what what his name did come up in was jeffrey epstein i believe wrote an email to somebody else to try to ensure that they would do whatever you can to undermine that stephen hawking was involved in orgies at the at the mansion i just didn't think it worked i'm so confused i mean how does it work I, buddy i'm not asking i thought he's that. paralyzed from the neck down i Apparently not everything. I mean, robotics? Sure. I mean, he's a scientist, hey. I guess. He, he is. But, I mean, 
Now let's put ourselves in Stephen Hawking's chair for a second. I don't want to. No, let's do it. We're, we haven't been able to do anything for decades because of some uh, disease, I think it is. And then all of a sudden we're just given girls, even, I don't care how good looking they are, like, and your thing doesn't work. Like, is that really enjoyable? I don't know. Put it yourself in his chair. Figure it out. Buddy, I don't know. <laughs> uh, there was a player for the Saints back in the day who also had ALS. And he had sent out a tweet one day. I don't remember his name, but I, everybody knows who this is. Yeah, I forgot his name. But, uh, Steve Gleason, maybe. Yeah, that's right. See, look at me. And he, I don't know why I remember this. This is very random. But I followed him on Twitter at one point, And one day he tweeted out, you know what ALS doesn't affect? That part. Mm. And it was a great time. And I was like, good for him. Yeah, that's awesome. I was happy for him. So, are you happy for Stephen Hawking? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think. So now a lot of stuff's coming out about why Stephen Hawking and Ben Davidson's actually been on this pretty good of like, why would Stephen Hawking be there? And he's like, let me tell you why Steve, why they would want that dude. And it's been kind of funny. Um, I, I'm not cheering for anybody to be a pedophile. What I'm cheering for is the people who are getting found out and getting shamed publicly at a minimum. That's what I'm cheering. And so, and I'm going to bring, so one of the newer, and I had heard his name, um, magician David Copperfield, and also David Blaine's name has been associated yeah. with here. He wasn't part of this, or at least not yet, any part of these document dumps, but clearly uh, Epstein thought it was cool to have, magi the kids thought it was cool to have magicians over, so he would entertain the kids with magicians, apparently. Right? I guess. Maybe he had clowns. I think he had brought oh, clowns over. I hope not. That's yeah. Almost a guarantee now that I mention it. Oh, anyway, but David Copperfield, apparently, and there's no implication that he was ever trafficked to any of these victims. Right. Um, I always found it weird that he was dating Claudia Schiffer, which was, right? Was that, isn't that the model he was dating? Like some crazy hot, like Victoria's Secret model. I was okay. like, how is David Copperfield dating her? Anyway. He's famous and a magician. I mean, I guess. Sure. I mean, I everybody. Know, I got nothing. Know. I mean, listen, whatever. But I always thought it was a little weird. Sure. Anyway, it turns out that David Copperfield at least knew that the girls were getting paid to recruit other girls, right? That it was yes. one of the victims that basically said, Hey, I was asked by, I think, uh, can't, which one of the Jane does it was now. Um, but anyway, she was, you know, she she's getting testimony and she basically said, David Copperfield asked me if I knew that girls were getting paid to recruit other girls. So he knew, he knew like, do I think, he should have like raised his hand and been like, Hey, uh, are you guys doing things with these other girls here? But like, maybe he should have done something. Maybe. Probably. Definitely. I don't understand how you get into this situation and you're just okay with it. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's a bunch of actors and actresses and, and other entertainers on this list. Um, I'm not going to get into any of them there. We know some of them have been on the plane and whatever, like, did they really describe Robert Kennedy Jr. as American politician and conspiracy theorist? Yes. <laughs> not an environmental lawyer, no, not, no. not a policy guy. This is no. the independent. So, amazing. You know, whatever. But I will say that one of the sentences that I referenced earlier does indicate that the way the wording question of is, who else was did you see at the house? Like, who other celebrities did you see at the house? Yeah. And Robert Kennedy Jr.'s name was listed in that list of, like, three or four names. So, that's all bad. Weird. Um. Listen, do, did you, do you know who Tom Pritzker is? No. So he's one of the richest dudes in the world. Sure. Uh, from Chicago. Uh, owns the Hyatts, I think, now. Oh. Do you know who Penny Pritzker is? 
Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, she is the head of the Harvard uh, board, board, the uh, corporation. Yep. The one who hired Claudine Gay. Yeah, Penny Pritzker. Weird family. Oh, God. You know, sometimes people the just Pritzkers, have... The Pritzkers have a long... Uh, they're, they're intertwined with the... Uh, who's the DuPont guy? John DuPont. Okay. And the uh, craziness that happened down there on his... Ca- you, you don't know if familiar with that? No idea what you're talking what? about. Nothing. Not ringing any bells. Not not even like a little... Do you know who John DuPont... You know, DuPont, right? You know I mean, I know the company. Right, right. Oh, okay, company, well, yes. the... I don't know if he's the last heir or whatever. One of the heirs had this sure. crazy compound, but apparently he had, like, naked, like, wrestlers. Like, he was a... It was a weird... Something went down on his in his house, and sure. there was like a big news thing. I, I'm not going to regurgitate all the details here, but there's a lot of connections to the Pritzker family out of Chicago and a bunch of crazy, weird sex stuff. So, sure, not surprising that Tom Pritzker's name is on this list as well here. So, um, you know, some of these people were like uh, chefs and drivers and whatnot for for Epstein um a couple of the revelations that I did so apparently one of the and again this is hearsay so uh I think so Jane Doe number three I believe looking through these documents is Virginia Jufre Virginia Roberts so I think this is a, a testimony that she gave where she says and obviously I'm guessing she wasn't there so I'm guessing somebody told her this that Bill Clinton walked into Vanity Fair to end the article that was being written on Jeffrey Epstein, to kind of put a kibosh on it, yep. and don't write an article on his good friend Jeffrey Epstein, um, Vanity Fair says that categorically did not happen. Who knows? Whatever. Well, what else would they say? Yeah. You know what's, it's, and it's, maybe it didn't happen. It's weird that David Copperfield couldn't make his name disappear off the list. You're the worst. <laughs> I had that joke written down. You did not. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> I said Copperfield's name didn't disappear. That's oh on my, my little God. note. <clears throat> Anyway, there was, again, I told you there was another like 17 documents released today. I did not go through any of them. I, I have been waiting because these there's teams of people going through these and I don't have a teams of people. So sure. I'm going to let the teams of people kind of go through these and cite these, but these documents are not complete. There's, oh. there's actually, I was reading through one of the documents where there, uh, so if you ever, if you ever want to look up the, the, among all the, wor- the crazy worst things that happened in the Epstein story, there's a the first lead detective, Joseph Riccari, uh-huh. the very first guy who was doing all the investigating on the down low. Nobody knew. He was doing all the dirty work, got it, whatever. Eventually died of a short illness. Weird, I know. Um, so he was basically killed by the people that he was investigating. I'm assuming he knew that as he was dying. I mean, whatever. Right. Uh, he is very outspoken. But so anyway, if you want to go look into some of Joseph Riccari's testimony, that dude was a hero and they knew it. So they killed him. But, um, you know, like, so his name shows up in the, in the list here too, but obviously he was a detective. But anyway, so one of the casualties of, of the Epstein scene, did you also, there was an Arsold article, a uh, Russian model. I can't remember her name now. Something with a lot of Kovas and it was, and apparently in 2009, uh, she took a running sprint off her penthouse thing and died. Apparently, she was one of Epstein's victims. Was on the was on the uh, her name has showed up in the uh, documents here. So I did see. I'm that. not sure if she ran and jumped off a building or not because apparently she had just gotten home. The doorman said she seemed friendly and she had all these things scheduled and it was kind of a question. And then they tried to paint it out to some kind of love triangle is why she did it. But I'm going to blame Epstein. So somebody made a point 
Um, and this is one of those morbid things that if you don't study this, you don't know this. But statistically speaking, if a woman's going to kill herself, they don't jump off buildings. That's huh. a male thing. Hmm. Very uncommon. They don't think they can fly? Very uncommon for a woman to, to choose to what about kill Russian models that way. What about Russian models? I don't Does that change the equation at all? I down to that level, but I could be wrong. But that is typically like the study of malfeasance and criminal activity and suicidal tendencies is actually quite fascinating because there is like some things that are just hard truths. Like the idea that if somebody dies via jumping off a building, you're like 99.9% sure it was a male before you even look it up. It's weird what they know. Ruslana Karshinova. Sure. I was wrong about the Kovas. There was, it was a, a Nova. Nova. It was a Shinova or whatever. But apparently Russian model... Roshana Koshnova, who uh, flew, she was on the Lolita Express, so she was on the plane. Oh, boy. Now, mind you, this does give, this whole Russian and the model thing, and, you know, we talked about John Luke Brunel in the past, and how the Glenn Dubin thing, how he was set up with his wife is one of Epstein's quote-unquote girlfriends, and now he set her up to be Mrs. Dubin. Um, apparently, he has a... Uh, a thing for setting up powerful people with models. So that does give some clearance to uh, the Trump thing a little bit, well, you know, like somebody has indicated that uh, Melania was a setup. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't know if that's real or not, but I'm I mean, open to anything at this point. Cause I mean, what the hell? I'm not ruling. It's 2024. Yet. Right. All right. Well, we're at hit an hour and a half. Been a good one. Yeah, a lot of lot of covered. Uh, you know, I think we now understand why the world's in turmoil. The uh, deep slate, deep state slash Epstein, and uh, the 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 list that hasn't been produced is still still has value to the holder of that list. Let's just say, again, Ghislaine Maxwell, first person in the history of humankind to be found guilty of trafficking sex victims to nobody. Yeah, because apparently we don't know a single person that she trafficked any of these children i guess they weren't all children but you know what i'm saying yeah. to nobody i mean we the only reason we don't know though in fairness is because they haven't asked or looked they don't want to know right that's what's sad yeah they will not look the truth will the, set you free yeah. because not, the people who will see you on the list but the people the who, who who won't re, re, produce the list are the people on the list yeah or they're benefiting from having those people on the list right it's a messed up world, man. I believe in incentives above all else. If you're incentivized to keep something secret, you tend to keep it a secret. If you're incentivized to expose something, you tend to expose something. Yeah. But don't count on a man understanding something when his salary is dependent upon him not understanding that very same thing. Yeah. It's a really, really accurate we didn't even quote. We didn't even touch on the J.P. Morgan advisor who said that Biden was going to step down. Did you read that? No. Yeah, so some J.P. Morgan like investment person had like 10 things to look for in 2024 and like the third one down was like biden's gonna step down and somebody else is gonna run everybody was like oh my god they also said that this is scary the number 10 on that list of things to look forward in, in 2024 was a inhalable covid vaccine that's fucking scary as shit right there because terrifying. if you're inhaling it like that means they can just squirt it near you right that's that you don't even need shots in arms right. at that point you don't even need consent no. you can just blast it in the furnace yeah that's terrifying yeah that's, that's really hope, that's, scary. I that's hope that hope, doesn't work. Yeah. That's what I said. That didn't get any coverage. Nobody even talked about that. As number 10 on the list. I was like, that's the worst one. Yeah, that's that's burying the lead, as they say. 
that's that's way scarier than Joe Biden stepping down. Like, oh no, not that. Yeah. But that's what got all the attention. Anyway, craziness. So So do they like have him step down? Kamala assumes the role, Newsom becomes the VP. They can't do that. Oh, Kamala yeah. and, and Newsom can't share a ticket. Because they're they both can. in California. No. Nope. Well, I mean, rules. Who needs rules these days? I mean, they just make new ones. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Do whatever you want. All right. Kamala Newsom, twenty twenty four. Let's get it. I hope that Ramaswamy is the VP pick for Trump just so that they can debate. Because <laughs> I want to watch Kamala Harris and Vivek Ramaswamy oh my God. debate each other. <laughs> that is epic. I'm going to sound like completely I'm going to I'm going to start manifesting that uh, just, into existence. What, I let, whatever could you imagine? Out to I could more not. people how ridiculous the people there could not, are. There might not be a... The, there might not be an ability to put two people on stage in a debate where the IQ is so drastically different yep and both of them for vice president which is mind-boggling anyway that'd be hilarious that's, that's a lot i love that i love that how fun that. would that debate i yeah. would watch that debate yeah. i don't want to watch i'm gonna this year. i'm gonna tweet at vivek about it i would I definitely watch that yeah. that'll be fun like if he if he and her just I would squared off that. oh my god i would be so happy yeah that'd be way that's more fun me. than that's got me excited yeah, that would that would. I, I don't think Vivek's going to be the VP pick, but that alone would make it worth my while. Oh right. my god! And it would, you know. Again, I don't trust Vivek yet, but it would make me feel a lot more comfortable voting for Trump if he was uh, the VP candidate. I mean, buddy, I would trust him with that responsibility. <laughs> like, go debate Kamala Harris is right up your alley. Let's do this. And the odds of. Trump being taken out with Vivek as the VP are much less likely. Right? It's fair. I mean, he's not a deep state guy per se, right? If they if he no. if, if Nikki Haley is the VP, like Trump being taken dead. out like yeah. d- during the inauguration. <laughs> but it would still be the biggest inauguration ever. Uh, Don't the let greatest, anybody tell you differently. That'd be the most well attended inauguration ever. The greatest inauguration. Greatest ever. All right. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, it's enough. Well, I want to thank you all. I forgot to if you've made it this far, please like the video, share the video, subscribe to the channel. For sure. Follow us on the Twitters. I don't call it, I don't call it X anymore. No? I mean, I never did, but Fair. I did once today, and I was felt dirty. All right. Twitter it is for me. 46,200 Bitcoin. Nice. That, I guess apparently they're approving that ETF, which is, I don't know if it's good for Bitcoin. It's good for the Bitcoin price. Today. Today, and in short bursts, but I think it's probably bad long term. I agree. Or at least bad in the sense that it it's not providing stability i think anytime you let jamie diamond get involved with something it's probably not good for the common man oh do you know that they overlap all this stuff too right the whole jp oh, I'm, a, I'm well okay, aware good man i wish i could have i wish i could have all of whitney webb's knowledge like downloaded into my brain it'd be like a system overload she knows a lot i know that's crazy i don't even know where to start like i read some of her stuff and i'm like all right i have to go back and check this right it's overwhelming. And she's got all the, she's, I mean, she's linked to her own article. So it's not like, like she's already written about it. So it's not like I, it's not there. It's there. Right. It's just so in depth and endless that you're just like, I, I can't cover all this. But anyway, it's I crazy. It. I recommend her work. Mint Press News. Anyway, on that note, thank you all for tuning in to episode 150 of Sports Clicks and Politics. We'll be back here next Monday. Yes. Yes. Next Monday, I'm guessing more documents. Uh, we'll have, it'll be the day of the caucuses, right? Next Monday is Martin Luther King Day. Do you celebrate? Sure. Love a good holiday. I don't know when Iowa caucus day is. 15th. There you go. Same day. Yeah. 7 p.m. So we won't know the outcome. But we can talk a lot of shit. 
Yeah, we can just kind of break go. down the Iowa caucuses and see if <laughs> think Trump. You know, I, I'll be interested to see. Like, do you know how the caucuses work? Ish. Like, you know, like they they basically get into a room and yell and try to convince the other groups to get their guy, and they come and they have to stand in a certain area and I'm, like so they're out not like there's no secret ballot. Like everybody knows who's voting for who in the moment, right? So those are the kind of things like if you have well coordinated. Uh, boots on the ground there you can kind of get these people to kind of know they, and I, listen Iowa knows the fucking system it's not like they've been doing this forever so right. uh, you're not tricking anybody into voting for you but you can rally the right people around your 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 efforts like I would love to see Vivek on the ground like trying to convince these people because I'm sure he resonates with large swaths of the Iowans who are voting here. So for the people that are so into this, that they're going to attend and vote in the Iowa caucus, they're going to love what he has to say. Yeah. Now, listen, I, I do think that it's Trump's going to win, but like, I'm not sure that DeSantis is going to come in second. I don't know if Haley's going to come in second. I don't know if Vivek's going to come in second. Right. Like I said, Iowa, you know, they, nobody will admit this, but in 2008, they voted for Ron Paul and they just said he didn't win. They just gave it to somebody else. They're like, nope. Nope, that's not how it's going to work. I mean, eventually he got he got the the electors from yeah. Iowa, but like in the moment they would not give him the victory. That's like, wild. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's crazy. Spank Ron Paul. Yeah, that's when they that's when they after he won Iowa. Technically, he finished second in the on the day, but he got all the electors because he won through after the the, the recount or whatever. Um, like that's when they literally sabotage. Like they just went after him yeah. hard. They were like, "Nope, this guy is not." Like, the same that. thing they did to Trump, which is like, you can see it coming. So, all the same people. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Sixty forty six thousand four hundred Bitcoin. Maybe we should stay on until it gets to forty seven thousand. I think no, we're good. <laughs> all right, folks, let's get out of here. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you all in next uh, Monday.